Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. So, for this episode, I'm interviewing Onel Bonilla. Thank you very much for listening to Social Jello with Angelo. Onel is a black belt in Kaju Kembo, third degree. I might have that wrong. Just to make sure, I'm going to say he's a black belt in Kaju Kembo. And he shares a great story about growing up in Puerto Rico and earning his black belt and everything else in between. I hope you enjoy the show. You gotta represent. Don't just stand there with your hands. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. As you saw in the intro, I'm here with Bonilla, and I'm so bad with names. I saw your name on Facebook, and it said Onel? Onel? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's Onel. Yeah, okay. it's very good. Okay. I'm here with Onel Bonilla, and um, he is a black belt in Kajukembo, as I said earlier in the intro, and he's here to share his Kajukembo story and how he got into martial arts. So to open all this up, Onel, how did you get started in martial arts? Where did you start? You're obviously in Puerto Rico, but how did all this get started? Why did you start training in martial arts? Why? It wasn't an option, you know, because when I was uh, born, my father was already a, a, a practitioner. Uh, not precisely in Caio Campbell, but he has uh, links to Caio Campbell people. And um, he was a karate guy. And he was a very strong uh, person and very strong uh, athlete. And uh, I grew up seeing him came from work and uh, at the past an hour or something, Somebody came with, with a gi or something, and it was like fighting rules or practice. And it was weird because you start growing up and you see uh, those kind of stuff and you don't understand. And then your father says, okay, uh, come and play. And the play was very rude, you know, start kicking, start sparring, start doing stuff. And um, so, he put me very little at the age of four or five. He started those games. Then um, the thing was very interesting because I was living on on a zone. There was a little danger, you know, some danger, a lot of drug points, uh, you know, a hard sun. So I have to walk to the um, school elementary school and I have to pass all that stuff and my father wanted me to be prepared because he always said you, uh, you're gonna be a confrontation and not with a good person you have to be prepared so um, my first years in training went with him then uh, I remember in elementary school uh, having a, a trouble with a dude in those times, if you don't pass the grade, they let you in the grade. 
So I was in, in sixth grade, and the dude that I was facing was 18 years old. And, he, and he's still on, on, on sixth grade. So he won my lunch, and I I always had been like a rush uh, temperament. And I said, no, it's mine. He took it, and I kicked his balls. Sorry for the word. He's grind. <laughs> you can say balls, man. You can say fuck. You can say shit. It is a completely uncensored podcast. So whatever, whatever happens, man. Yeah. Para, para, so, tú puedes decir que, que, que se joda. No video. Está buena, está buena. Um, so uh, in that moment, he gets like pissed off because uh, a little kid just making seeing him stupid. So he he waits until the midday. And every kids go to the um, like a baseball park near the school to play baseball. He wait until I get there, and when I was, I was facing facing uh, a group of, of, of persons, he put a, a knife on my throat, and um, it was funny because I remember it like it was today. I never, I, I felt the cold from the, the blade here, and immediately it do. With the same grapple skills that my father was teaching, I put the hand and throw him in a judo, break his his ribs, and uh, start punching until the other guys came. When when the, the when a teacher came, saw the the weapon, get like, oh my god! And then, well, one more thing, I don't I don't want to interrupt you, but. Again, how old? How old was that guy? How old was that guy? One more time. Eighteen years. He was already almost a grown man. But in those times, you stay in in in, in the grade that you pass. If you don't pass, you stay there. Yeah. And then how old? It was normal. Old, and how old were you? I, I was in in sixth grade. Imagine. So you're like thirteen. Hey, thirteen. Hey. No, no, no. Six. Well, six. Uh, it, it was sixth grade. So how how old were you? Probably like twelve. No, not all, almost twelve. Yeah, we passed to, to twelve to the mid school then. Mm -hmm. Here in like, So so, so I was a, I was a, a little kid yet. Yeah, you know, and like people talk about like people people on the internet. They talk about the streets, streets, right? And you 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 like you know we're we're Puerto Rican, right? So. I was lucky enough to be born in California, but my dad left Puerto Rico because of the kind of violence you're talking about, right? Like 18, that guy was 18, you were 12 or 13, and he put a knife to your throat and you had to learn how to defend yourself. Like you, you did what your dad taught you. And obviously you were saying earlier in your story about how there was a lot of drugs there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of gangs, right? A lot of gangs, a lot of drugs, a lot of violence. So obviously you had to live a life that stayed away from all that shit. And then you ended up in a position where someone who is involved in all that shit puts a knife to your throat. Like people talk about the streets. And one thing I want to make really clear for my listeners and for people watching this on YouTube is that if you go to a place like, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be brought up in California 
and my dad came from Puerto Rico, but at the same time he came to Puerto Rico in California and the place I ended up living in was very similar to the place that you're in with people pulling knives on you when you were about 12 or 13. That's kind of typical. It was less, 13, you passed to, to, to um, seventh grade. Yeah. So it so, was like 10 or nine years old. Yeah. So that happened. You took care of it. You did what your dad taught you to do. You defended. Yeah, but in that in that moment, my dad gets like shit is getting seriously here. So he grabbed me and said, "No, you you're gonna train with another master now." And I remember um, he he travels with me to to the same town to to Aguada, but to, to the town per se. We we live near the beach. So we go to the town and, and he entered to this dojo. And it was funny because I see uh, an old man, or not an old man, now he's old. Um, he introduced me to Ortega, to Ortega's father, Shady Ortega. And uh, he said, uh, I'm going to train here. She is the teacher. It was Soraida Patino, as I told you. And he is her teacher and my friend. And um, I started training over there. And for my surprise, from my uh, neighborhood, there was a lot of Cayu Campbells there. And, and I didn't know it. You know, she started accepting all the guys from there. And um, it was awesome times, you know. Why? Because we... We um, learned so much, and uh, in those moments, in those times, line time, seeing a woman with a black veil and giving classes was weird. It was weird. And seeing a whole bunch, 30, 40 guys on, on, on a class, respect like hell that women, it was impressed the first day, say, something has happened here. Oh, their fees were really good, and the classes were, oh, my God, almost military, you know. Um, but at the same time, she got the quality person, the quality of a master that touch your heart and give you love at the same time. You know, she took people from over there that was not the best people in the world. Today... Those people are professionals, and you talk to them and, and say, "It's thanks to Sifu Patino that opened my mind, give give me the love that I need, the respect that I need, the guidance that I need to took me off the streets." And same way in in my way, you know, uh, uh, everybody that knows me, he's a good man, but it depends who you who you talk. Some will tell you he was a devil in the past. Because you, you grew up in, in a place that you are not expecting nothing good from no one. You go like, and then now the place is better. But in those times, um, it was hard. And uh, talking about the classes in the nights over there with Patino and, and Ortega, we, we were blessed also. Um, and I, I will put this part. Because I see um, interview with uh, Grandmaster Nathaniel.
Ortega. And some people question Nathaniel's rank per time, per time grades. And this is an interesting topic, you know, because I do believe, and at the same time, I don't believe in the time grades. Time grades are suggested. And now people wanted to do it, uh, you know, like it's obligatory, mandatory, you stay in that rank all this long. In that time, it was known as PRKA, Puerto Rico Cayucambo Association. And the method that we used at that time, it was an emperado, it was an uh, original, it was Ortega's method, all system, it was called. Very military system, very roots system. And not only for that, we got from advisors over there the, the best martial arts in the moment for that uh, association. And, and, and not only advising, every year I remember one, two, three seminars, shields that we got people like Mike Young, we got people like Hanshi Yamaguchi, Grandmaster Ming Lung, um, Jaime Vasquez, uh, Professor George Jackson went over there. I got photos with them very little when I was more little because I still little. <laughs> I'm, I'm a petite friend. So um, when you got people like Grandmaster Ming Lung give you classes at least for, for four, six hours, three times in, in, in a way, it depends on the per the perspective of the person and the mentality, what it could absorb. But you were absorbed a person that was a mentor from Bruce Lee to Minlum. You look from the history. Unfortunately, he has to die, but it was a person very, very special and very spiritual at the same time. Uh, you got a person like Hanshi Pal Yamaguchi also, I could tell you seeing that guy, and it looks the same nowadays, yet, that in the 90s, I always asked uh, GM Ortega, what is the key? Because he never go old. It's the same. And it's a person that has a lot of years. I remember in the 90s, that person took his key off his shirt throw one punch and when he stopped here, the splash, it was like he was hitting a board. And if there's nothing there, the amount of energy that he has, it was, you know. So the point is, if you go to your master and train under your master all the time, until you die, that's okay and fight with you. But when you have too many, uh, influences that you can absorb the amount of knowledge cannot be measured cannot be measured by the time because it's a uh, this uh, Japanese proverb that says it is better one conversation with the right sensei than 30 classes with a bad one and, and then, I believe uh, okay and then yeah. again 
Like, you're coming from Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. And I, think I really want to make that really clear to anyone watching or listening to this. Like, Puerto Rico is, is violent as fuck. Like, it's a dangerous place. So it's gotten better. It's gotten better. But, but it's still violent as fuck, man. Like, you can't have a fake martial art in Puerto Rico. It just won't happen. Like, if you have some sort of McDojo thing happening where you're showing people that you're showing people how to fight and you're showing them fake techniques, they're not going to survive. They're just going to die. And then Puerto Ricans are just going to find the next thing that will help them survive that environment. And if anybody's listening or watching this, I know, because I'm Puerto Rican, how violent it is over there. Like, I was brought up in a culture of violence. I didn't live in Puerto Rico, but my dad just put that in my head. Like, hey, and then where I was born, it wasn't like that. Like, I was born in a place where, like it or not, you're gonna fight. You're gonna fight someone in the first grade. And that's just how it is. That's just life. And I don't think enough people that watch YouTube or go on the internet understand that. Like, they see fights as something that happens in a cage or something you watch in a boxing ring or something that's sanctioned. And, they, and then there's people that go on the internet and talk about how they're gonna fight on a street fight and they never really experience what it's like to fight. The thing Right, the danger, everything. You know, I, I have seen people that says the trains uh, in 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 a real sense, in a real world motion. But when you see the training, it's not realistic. You know, first of all, you have to cover the psychological uh, part from the attacker to the defender, also the awareness. Uh, there's a lot of, of, of concepts that you will have to know in order to defend yourself in the streets. And not only in the street, it's like I was telling one of my students, and I'm going to tell here. It's not only Puerto Rico that is bad. Everywhere in the world is getting real bad. We're, we're living on, on, on a dark age, like I said, pandemia. We've got viruses. We got a uh, 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 war coming. Uh, we got uh, a lot of stuff pressure the society. It, it, it's times of tension. When people are tension, they're not the same. They don't have the same tolerance, you know. So, other thing, you could be in your home, and you could be in danger. A neighbor that doesn't like you and want to slap you by the back. Uh, a person that goes over there and could enter and drop you. The self-defense uh, situation could be right now, talking, somebody enters. You, you must be prepared in, in all those environments. Um, self-defense and fighting are one thing, but see fair. For me, uh, I got a difference on on the view. 
from one of my roots, like I told you, and Daniel and, and, and others, they say one thing is, is defense and you must never fight. I say defense, young. Fight, yin. They are yin and yang. If there is not a confrontation, if there is not a fight, you will never be able to defend. They could not go through pairs. The moment that uh, your self-defense fell, you go on to fighting. And everybody knows that. What is for me bad is your uh, self-defense fell because a fly came in the in the eye in, in in the fight, or you don't see a movement coming. He he hits you, and you go to, to the, the the fighting. You you must readjust to go on again to the self-defense because when you go to the fighting, you're going to his game. But you cannot forget the fighting. Defense and fighting are part of a cycle. Everything in, in, in life is balance. It cannot exist the defense if, in, if the, the fighting is not existent. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, another so, topic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause you real quick. I have to do I have to do a quick in three, two, one. Yeah, man, it's definitely about balance, right? So I'm gonna rewind a little bit back to when you were a child and that 18 year old, you were 12, he put a knife to your throat. And how from that point, how did you end up getting into Kajakembo? My father just took me to the place, to the right place, like I told. Um, I believe there is a Japanese term called mushushio. Mushushio is, in my understanding, a way to see it. It's a destined uh, road, a destined uh, that you have to, a path, but it's right there. He just threw me to the right spot, you know. Why, um, talking about Grandmaster um, Patino, she was hard enough to make you stronger, but with the love of a mother. I remember every, everybody called her mom in, in those days. I still call, when I call her, tell her mom, you know, the sensibility that she has when, when you have something. It changed us through love and through pain also because she, she was really, really strong. You know, everybody has to align correctly. One move, everybody to the floor, roll over, roll over, roll over, roll over, get up. I love you, but you do the things bad. It, it was really, and, and even after uh, I went out of the dojo, she keep going. And, and every time that we meet, the love you can feel it in distances. Um, and it was the right place. I grew up over there. Uh, all my, I, I 
get better on the technique on my basics. I learned a lot. Actually, today eh, I use a lot of stuff that I learned in the 90s. I, I never forget the part, the philosophy, the stuff, you know. Um, there were great times, you know, and I guess it, my father doesn't give me an option, but he took the, the, the best option for me because when we move uh, uh, on the memories, uh, my best memory life were the camps that we have, the shields with all those masters, with all my partners, with, with all uh, the person, those were the in those times, how I could tell you, I, I, I passed I pass too many things on my childhood that was very difficult. You know, not only grew up on the place that I grew up, uh, when, when I am on almost my mid-school, intermediate school, my mother gets sick from cancer and um it was very very shocking moment in my life because that the uh, in her case it, it was an year and a half or two years and she just died and not only died she died on my arms on my house so that particular moment uh it was really hard for me because i get frustrated uh i start looking up and say god why you do that how, how i pray how, how old were you i was 13 14 years when she uh died on 14 years when when she died on my arms and um i got three brothers and in that time when I was seven years old and the other was like three or two years old it was a baby and i remember things get hard because in in in, in that particular moment my life changed 360 like 600 times why because it's hard for a person to see her mother dies on his arms and um not only that you're not prepared well life you're like you're you're, you, you're a child yeah well not even just a child like my dad my dad died of cancer when i was 25 and i'm sorry to hear that yeah I mean, i'm sorry to hear about your mother man that, that, that was way younger well anything you find out when someone who's really close to you dies is that this right here we're lucky man you're lucky life is not guaranteed we're not, not guaranteed, guaranteed exactly no, life is not guaranteed i think too many people go through life thinking that i'm gonna live till 80 90. exactly too much planning too much planning yeah yeah your time your time you don't know but if you are still alive right now you're just lucky. Yeah. yeah. So talking about what happened in those days, I lose my north. You know why? It was hard. Uh, instead, I, I have to help my father to to deal with the kids too. 
he was working at hand, cook, do the things with the, the guys. Uh, an auntie helped me a little also too. And it was hard, it was hard stuff. Then pass out all things. Oh, I really get mad. I was losing more, like I was telling you. I decided at, at the age of 16, I went to my house, uh, my father's house and with, with this guy. And I said, hey, you have to sign here. I'm gonna go to the army. And he said, you're crazy. You're about 16. Yeah, I'm gonna get high school now. I wanna believe and continue my life. Well, I took that decision because uh, I wanna disappear from Puerto Rico. And um, when I came back, uh, I came back, things were a little hard where was I going. I get a, a, a medical discharge in my, for my knee. And I could reassign. If I wanted, I didn't do it. So what I do is start studying when I came here. I just get a ranch, start studying, start working. I start working. I met this beautiful girl from, from another town, San Sebastian. I don't want to stop you. I don't want to stop you. But something I want to clarify to my listeners real quick is when you join the Army, you join the U.S. Army, right? A lot of people forget. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a quick time. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <sighs> In three, two, one. A lot of people forget that Puerto Rico is still a U.S. territory. When you think about joining the Army, you join the U.S. Army, right? Yeah, um, I was actually National Guard. National Guard, but still, it's the U.S. National Guard. Yes. And then you served your time. You fought for a country that is technically not yours. I mean, no, no offense. We're Puerto Ricans, but we both understand how the political... For me, for me, no, it, it, it wasn't patriotism, it wasn't uh, nothing of that. It was a way to escape my surroundings because I couldn't deal with it, you know. I couldn't deal with it. I, I lose my north and I said, oh, I stay here. It's, it's going to happen three things. I'm going to join again because I wasn't walking too straight in those days. Even the people in my family doesn't know it. I, I knew how to do things, but I wasn't uh, uh, walking straight those days. I'm going to end up uh, cut up. I'm going to end dead or something worse could happen. I was having hard feelings to my father in those days also because I was blaming he, he, he for, for the death of my mother and joining a person, another person, another relation so fast after she dies and those person also, uh, 
you know, I'm going to be honest. Uh, here, I'm going to be honest. It was so bad that person that one time tried to rape me. So imagine my situation under those um, elements. I just want to go. And then what I do was that I remember uh, I took the ass, I took everything, and I signed up in, 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 in the other part of the island. I could sign in, in, in Aguadilla, but I go to, to, to Fort Allen, which is in Juanadillas, just to stay away from my, my past, my, um, all my surroundings, and try to get the north again. So you're just trying to get get away from all the bullshit. Exactly. I, I was looking for an escape for a place that I could grow up and and to find myself because actually I was almost grew up in a Christian uh, world. My my father, uh, I remember he got to the, the the church and my mother also. And by the time that my mother dies, we regular go to the church. And and we were, but I I I I doesn't feel in those times the love of God. I don't I don't feel nothing that I just want to go, my surroundings and start brand new. So when I came back, uh, making the 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 story short long, I go to Rincon and start living in Rincon and working in Rincon. In Rincon, uh, uh, I guess I I. I was starting to study also in the, in the Inter-American uh, University in Aguadilla. And over there, I find this beautiful girl that um, I fall in love. After I came back, I go to the dojo and, and, and to Ortega Soyo and said, I'm back. I want to study. And those times, Ortega was a little rough. And she said, I don't care. I, I don't care if you join. You left. And I said, you, you you know what I left? I told you, yeah, but you told the decision is your problem. I don't want you here. Okay, I said. Start talking to him and stuff, and it was the same answer always. So uh, one day, my girlfriend, we, that 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 uh, lady that I told you, we started a relationship. Introduced me. Um, uh, one of my masters also, um, now he's a Kyoshi, Kyoshi Harrison Torres from, from Torres Karate Association. And I started practicing karate with him. He said, oh, you, you're good. Yeah, I told him, yes, I got a background. I started Kyle uh, Campbell with this, this person. Everybody in the island knows each other. And we started training on, on, under him and then started competing. We actually could uh, go uh, to fighting in cage also at that time. I, I remember it was Pride Association. I don't know if that exists. Uh, so, but it was more bloody than now. I remember one of my fights was really, really bloody. So going, going into it real quick, you were saying that it was under the Pride Association. So for any listeners listening, He's talking about the MMA rules, 
They're exactly, yes. Fighting rules, which means uh, pretty much anything except for eye gouging and fish hooking is not allowed. But you can still stomp, and you can still stomp an opponent. No, in those days, you could go breaking, you could go... Anyway, in those days, we're talking late 90s. Yeah, if the person hits the ground, you hit him in the head, uh, stomping is allowed. That's, yeah. that's a big differentiation between UFC rules exactly, and yes. MMA rules back then. Then you were competing in pride rules in Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and I remember uh, fighting also in tournaments from another uh, martial artist called Harrison, you know, this, he always liked to, to, to support everybody. So we went a lot of tournaments through and, and, and grow up a little in the karate world. Um, actually, I have to say that I wasn't sure. I, I didn't understand why he was, he, he, he was given me at the moment. Later on, when he grew up, he said, hey, he gave me this, he gave me the other, he gave me the other, and the other. He's a good teacher. Um, uh, I still, uh, in his organization, talk to him some, some, sometimes. Sometimes when he came, last time he came, he came here to my home and visit me. It was really good experience because it was allowed to to see the kanji of karate, a little bit of it, but also see the competitive world and also see a, a more hard competitive world, talking about pride. So um, the experience was really good. I, I, I was a couple of years with him. Then um, what happens is relationship breaks. I moved again to Rincon. And uh, I kept a little distance from that. And then in, in that time, uh, I, I decided to emphasize more on Kyle Campbell and Jiu-Jitsu a little. Because when we were in the high school, uh, we went to this place in road number two. And while it was, it was like a little underground uh, Jiu-Jitsu dojo, like I said. And I remember those times. So I started practicing more Kyle Campbell and more... Um, Jiu-Jitsu with a couple of guys that I still in touch from that dojo and um, What happened is that later on the life I move again because I lost the work and get a period of Low income and really low income and I was surviving but but I was really um, Still upset with my father and I don't want to go and ask him uh, help. So what I do was survive, move and move and move and move until I get established again. And in, in those times, I met what is now my my wife. So I started living, living here. And um, on front, there was a person that I knew from my childhood from the church of my father's. 
that trains there, and I trained, but I trained alone by those times. You know, keep training what I have to not lose it and, and everything. And he started inviting me. Oh, hey. And I always say, now, uh, what you what you got? Cayucambo, I'm, I'm really tired, fucking tired from the Cayucambo. I don't want to know about Cayucambo. That was my, yeah, because I love, love some, some faith on Cayucambo through certain things that were happening in Johannes in the island. So um, I know everybody. I could share with everybody in those times, but I don't affiliate to nobody. So anyways, he says to me, ah, oh, I got different styles, not only Kayu Campbell. Me too, I got a karate. I'm a second down in karate. And and I got jujitsu. So what? Everybody does that. That's cross training. No, I got ninja too. I got a type of weird Kempo. Anyway, he mentioned ninjitsu and I said, throwing stars. Woo! Cool. You throw bombs? Cool for you. But uh, what it makes me, it was that he has a small group, and sometimes this group wasn't over there, and I hear the sound back like boom, 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 boom. And one day, um, for those who know me, I'm a cigar smoker. We're not perfect. I was smoking a cigar on, on my balcony with a cup of, of, of uh, coffee. And I look, I, I, I don't know why, I heard the, the sandbag sand hitting, and I looked the, the, the clock and said, let's see what, what, how much he can continue that way. I smoked my cigar and through there and boom, boom. After three hours, he finished. And I said, this dude is weird. He trains he trains hard. Anyway, to, to make the, the, the term, the, 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 the history short, um, he asked me again, and, and, and I said, I'm going to go down and see one of your classes. And see one of, down of your classes was, uh, I, I, I was nine years with him. And still, still communicated with him, and and still learning from him. Sometimes I make questioning. Um, and that and that moment is that I uh grew up a lot, a lot because he had a a, a mixed vision from things. And the last time that I was with a Cayo Campbell master per se. It was only Kaju Kembo. It was so uh, I see interesting because in that type of moment I start to see some things that other masters have given me and in light understand it then. So that particular moment in my life is when I become a master, when I grew up a little uh they 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 written me as a master and um like I say, my torch was was off. He lined it again. 
and I start uh, uh, seeing the ninjutsu and, and, and the Kayu Gamble. And his ninjutsu was weird too because he wasn't putting emphasis on the stars, the shit that you see in the television. Instead, he was looking for concepts and skills and um, how to do. It prepares me, it gives me a better understanding of other works, like, like, like I told you. So in that time, that mentality, I, I started, you know, to see and understanding really the stuff. Because before that time, I just do whatever the teacher says or whatever I had here on my mind already. And... I wasn't searching, I wasn't go deeper on the things, you know. I was like everybody. Uh, grab one, huh, 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 like like crazy. What you do there? Kick that 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 no more. And um with uh Sigun Carrero, which is still my teacher, I consider him my teacher. We have a certain issues back in in, in the days when I opened my school. He wasn't maybe ready to, to see me opening a school. Although those things go in the past and we now um, can work together easily and, and talk very often. He's living in Hawaii now. He's not in the island also, um, which is something that I, um, it pains me because it was a loyal there and with a good guidance certain in certain way, you know. And um, I introduced me to, to I say Grandmaster, he really is a Sigun, but everybody told him Grandmaster to Haris Altares from Punta San Rincon, uh, really old school guy uh, that uh, I love him as a, as a grandfather, he has he has been as a grandfather to me uh, in his own way and and teach me a lot of stuff too that the privilege you know that he also uh teach me he's the teacher from from Sigmund Benjamin Carrero and also my teacher because he he wanted to do so in, in you know in order to clear things when the things were a little messy so um my mushusho has been very 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 um excited very extreme in in that particular moment that i am training with carrero i got my second heart attack and um second yes and i, I guess it, my first heart attack was at 25 years old i was still training with with um at, at harrison torres mm -hmm. but my second was worse because i get really 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 um house to work david david i was weakening i couldn't do two steps and just has to stop to breathe and recover and in that particular moment of my life, I went uh, depressed too, because I was always active. I always has been on sports, on martial arts, and not available to doing that. 
But in that particular time, I take it as a challenge. Start training. When they, the, the, um, how's the word? Um, Therapia. Therapies. I, I have to take in therapies in order of six or nine months. I was able to be almost with, with, with the other uh, partner from Doyo. Almost in the same condition. So let me, let me let me backtrack a little bit. You had your first heart attack when you were 25. Yes, because I got a condition on 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 a valve of my heart that is from from born a born defect. You have a genetic you have a genetic condition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A cardiac condition. So, kind of going back a little bit. Um, when you got your black belt. Who did you get your black belt under, and what was that test like? <coughs> the test, my first test, I do it with Sigun, Sigun Carrero, because when I was with Sigun Toraila Patino, I guess I get until brown belt, and I get deep promoted also, because I got a street fight in, in, near my home. It was a self-defense hall uh, situation, but in that moment, in that particular moment, Ortega uh, said, no, I don't care. It's a self-defense. You should uh, avoid it. So they, they promoted me. Uh, so just, just to and clarify. Just to so clarify. to you clarify, your- I gave my black belt with Sigun Carrero. Okay. So you had your brown belt, but you got you got de-promoted. Via. That was with uh, with Ortega and then because you, you got because you got he, was, he, he had a policy that if you fight Ortega in those times if you fight he kick off you to mm-hmm. not kick kick off me they promoted me because I was in charge in that time to give classes also in oh. Ortega's dojo okay and Ortega's dojo Soraida's dojo. So, like, for all my listeners, for all my listeners who are watching and listening to this, that maybe never did any martial arts, um, uh, uh, if you get in a street fight, if you if you harm someone outside of the dojo, uh, there are penalties that come with that, and and in and and in Boni, in, in Senor Bonilla's case. That's what happened, right? He got in a street fight, and he got depromoted because of it. But yeah, uh, yeah. but w- whether it was justified or not, you know, we, w- we won't get into that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you moved on, and now it's time for your black belt test. Can you explain to my listeners? Because we're almost done with our hour. <laughs> sure. But I, I, I love to ask this question to all the Kaju Kimbo black belts. And just so people can understand, what was your Kaju Kembo black belt test like? Um, what I remember. In- I remember. I remember going to to Sigun's Aris Altares, uh home uh, with um, with Sigun Carrero, and um, I remember. Uh, there is a spot, it's called Raices on, on Rincon, everybody knows it. It's in front of the lighthouse, some trails in the woods. And I, I guess it was three to six mile running. And then 
in the upper hills, hitting techniques, whatever involved the the curriculum stuff. And in between those six mile runs, you do, do all, all all that. When you finish all that running and and doing the stuff, you uh, go to his place. And I remember it was like 12 uh, rounds of, of spotting, uh, but it was five minutes each round. And then the sparring, what were the rules? <clears throat> no rules. Uh, uh, Saltares has no rules. Saltares, um, you just go there and he's going to fight with you upon the level that he thinks that you are. And you better be ready because he may, might see old. But when he hits you, he hits you. Actually, he broke a a, a rip on that test. And then, a joke or kick. And then who did you have to fight for the 12 rounds? Him, the other guy, and another guy. Yeah, him, uh, Carrero, and the other guys that he brings. What were the rank of those guys? But Carrero, in those times, I remember that he was a Sifu. So they were all black belts. Yeah, I, 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 I guess so. Yeah. Um, so you had to fight most, mostly of the rounds. You're gonna do it with Hardy. Okay. So he has a high stamina. After five, gonna, after running six miles and doing the self-defense in a three-mile marker, you came back and mm-hmm. then you had to fight essentially a bunch of black belts for 12 rounds at five minutes around and and and, and then he has a sandbag that uh, like a pera which do a, a circuit on there and then you finish the um the the test it was a hard test actually here um if you see my photos when i went without the shirt you're gonna see like a, a protuberance in the right side of, of the ribs it was a, a floating uh, rip that he just broke with a with a back kick or a jog. I don't remember because I didn't see it. Sometimes he spins and you don't see the, the, what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know he's retired. He he. What only he do is train. One maybe maybe in the morning, maybe in the midday, maybe. So imagine how strong that he could hit you. You know. Um, I'm you know, and I like that type of training because I think life is once, and when you go and you really need the self-defense, uh, you're not going to say to the person, hey, stop, I'm without air, give me a break, you know. And and one particular thing that I do do tell my students is, don't fucking think that you can move a leg over here to kick his face if you never practice that. The thing that you never practice is not gonna pass there. You cannot do, you, you cannot make the body do something that he is not used to it. And people think that two hours in, 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 in two times in a day, in a week is enough. It's, then you go, I'm technical, man. I don't do exercises. Fine for you. 
fine for you. I run three, six miles. And when I have to move really, really with all my, my movement and my fast, my velocity, um, sorry, political class in here. Hey, Puerto Rico. Hey, for anyone listening, that is Puerto Rico. Okay, you need to understand that is that's gonna happen. If you Puerto Rico, that is so Puerto Rican. I'm, so, I'm not even gonna edit that out because they know they need to know what, what Puerto yeah. Rico is about. Go buy music, music. Yeah. And that is totally okay. <laughs> um, I was saying, you know, even I, 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 I got a like a scientific perspective. Sometimes I like to to measure my my time training, my rest trainings, my uh, repetition on the stuff. I measure everything in, in, in to see where I have to to do. Last time I, I jogged six miles and it was a pretty good time for a person that smokes cigars like I tell you and, and from others that doesn't smoke. And um, I went with a stool and I started um, making spotting and I said okay uh, I'm gonna measure my speed and how I react. If I'm using my speed you could get out of break, breathe at 30, 40 seconds after a couple of, of, and then get the second air and nothing's happening. And what is the point here? The point is here, persons that train seven times more than you do cannot do certain things. What makes you? belief that without training you could do it it's stupid and it's easily we go to the history we go to the the these famous fight from bruce lee with the monk the persons over there says that bruce lee in 40 seconds was <laughs> hyperventilating why because the movements that he used require certain amount of energy, certain amounts of, of, of vitamins, certain amounts of um, air in the lungs and in the blood so he could the, the, his body could be able to do it. It is possible to do it, but you got to train really hard. It's going to happen to everybody and and, and you know, I like to try these teams because I, I, I'm trying to wake up people to live in reality. If you train from reality, you should not be only uh, training the curriculum. You should not be only training uh, your self-defense and the technical parts. You should be working your body also. Yeah. No, like when, when, when you go to the kanjis, karate, Karate use endurance training for the for 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 the areas that they are gonna use to hit. They refer as weapons because they are weapons. All right. If you strengthen your um muscles, your stuff, 
you could heat it. Here is a Phoenix sponge. You know what's Phoenix sponge? I'm hitting hard, but I trained my body to become a weapon, as my master told me. I look for the stuff, and I, I look deeper, deeper. Why? That punch doesn't work. I told you that work right now. Yeah. And I have hearing people that said this position, we are teaching it because it's part of the curriculum and doesn't work. You don't know no shit then. That's there for a reason. And what, what you're talking about, you talk about running six miles, three miles a day. No, no, you don't have to do that way also. But when you talk I don't have the time to go daily. Yeah. But when you have the time, train strong. Train until you are drained of out of energy. Because that feeling is the feeling that you're gonna see in a fight because the stress levels. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, like some people train a lot of techniques, but they don't realize that like the techniques, and this is something that Stefan Kesting mentioned. Um, the techniques are like the warhead, but your body is the rocket, right? Exactly. So you have to train the rocket. Your techniques are only as strong as you can be. And you have to make yourself stronger to make that happen. So like you're kind of going into that, that deeper sense of it's not so much – Yes, the techniques will work. The Phoenix Punch can work. Like, a lot of people feel that the Phoenix Punch is a technique that doesn't work. It works just fine. But if you don't practice that technique, and if, you, if, you're, if you're only depending on the Phoenix Punch to make it happen, then that's not going to work, right? Uh, another concept that I want to bring up also that I learned it in my time in the karate, and I'm still learning karate. I, I, I love karate, I love kung fu. I'm encouraging the people that, that I'm encouraging Karyukembo world. Uh, with all due respect, I don't think I am better than nobody. I'm just saying my opinion to whoever wanna listen it. It's not, uh, obligated to listen to me look into your roots everybody said right our roots said ka you can go start going every single syllable every single part of the word go deeper there and you're gonna see stuff karate as a concept very 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 important and it is that each of one of the basic movement, it is a technique. Karate people throw a punch. That's a technique. No, that's a punch. That's a technique. They use certain way to move, certain way to breathe, certain way to throw uh, the energy, certain way and when you train each of your movements uh, in the way that they are a technique then 
it will be better making a whole technique or whatever you're gonna do. Repetition. You got a muscle memory, everybody knows that. But you want to go on a fight and go like a, like a thunder and your hand doesn't see it. Did you practice that? Guess what was gonna happen? You're gonna pull your body in a certain motion that you are not prepared for it, that he's not gonna, and you're gonna get injured in a fight by a punch that you throw yourself. You see? Repetition, weighting uh, uh, exercises, uh, endurance training, you hear those, you see those Japanese hitting, hitting, hitting something. Look for it. If they are doing it, it must be a way that your doesn't damage your 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 um, muscles, bones, and so, some science is behind of it. If you don't understand that, look for it and start working it. If you don't endurance, you don't have weapons. You don't have weapons. If you cannot hit a piece of wood, how you think you can hit a, a, this part or, or, or an elbow? If they put an elbow, people have put an elbow here and I just keep continuing to. I do my, my work. And when I do cannot work, I'm looking. I'm reading books. Reading, reading is, is important in martial arts. I told my students, read, read this book, read that one. If you read it correctly, you will understand what is writing and, and absorb it. It's like, like for example, one of my favorite books is The, the Tao from the Jet Control. The first one. The one was written by Bruce Lee itself. And um, it was funny because the first time that I read it, I don't understand it. <laughs> really? I get it a second time, don't understand it. Because I'm a freak. I don't understand. I read, 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 fucking again. Actually, I'm reading it again. I still de decipher certain parts. Um, what I do then? I focus on the footwork and start reading the footwork, start practicing by myself, shut up, I hear, close, doors. Next time I know, six months later, uh, they invite me from a Jetsonville seminar. Oh, let's go there. I got to test what if I'm learning correctly. For my surprise, um, they come, they put me through the footwork and say, you are a Jetsonville. No, no, I'm Caillou Campbell. Jetsonville. And there's no possible way that you can follow my best student in his rhythm without never doing this. No, I do it. Where are you learning? Reading this book. He looked like me like, he never believed me. Never believed me. And the dude was really good, was good, better than me. Because if he wanted, he could go more, more fast than I. But I could follow him very closely and nobody could in the in the room and he said continue reading then 
<laughs> you could absorb that that's one one when I read that book, I saw something that Bruce Lee was onto science. You could see concepts of gravity concepts there. You could see uh physics explained by the word of Bruce Lee in his movements, but it's physics. If you go to the physics class, I like I'm a nerd in that part. I like sciences and and, and and humanities and politics. I like I love those those things. So if you look the way that he is applying science, basic and intermediate um physics, the way he throw the punch, the alignment, the micro and 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 macro movements, those are science torsion torsion. You go torsion, and it you could look at. It's in the book torsion. When you go Google torsion, you're gonna see science. Yeah. No, not only that, but he actually broke it down to an equation. There was an equation he actually put out there. I used to actually yeah. look at that thing and try to calculate yeah. from my punch to be off the equations he put. But yeah, yeah. if you want to nerd out. Definitely. And that point, that point I read this book, I, I, I got to go to science again. And I apply it that way. Miguel Cook told me, point A, point B, uh, mass plus this, velocity. And it works. It works. I can't prove it to, to anyone. It, it works. So, and master really do it. You can do it too. <laughs> so here's my, my final question. If someone who's listening to this that's never done martial arts, they just listen to your story for the first time, and they're wondering, hey, I want to get into martial arts. You and they, they listen to our conversation, and they, they loved it. They want to do martial arts. What would you recommend to them for a place to start training? What are the kind of things that, that you would say you should look for in a place to start training? Um, I will say that you have to be careful. And, and and why? Um, it depends on what the person wants. But if it's my my advice, my advice is go to a place that teach you not only fighting, teach you the philosophy, teach you the good old ways. That it's not only defense and fighting. It's only uh, it's much more. Go to a place that teach you uh, discipline and everything what you look for. Make the research. And actually, I always said, try to go to karate, to jiu-jitsu, or to judo, because it's a fun fundamental. They're fundamentals in their basic. So, when you want to switch off to another, you, you will be able to do it. But you got a good fundamentals to switch. Because people jump and jump and jump and jump and jump and jump without knowing enough from every system. No. Go to karate, go to, to kung fu. Some that has philosophy. Because the philosophy is what marked the martial artist. You go to a boxing place, 
they teach you fight, but they, they don't they don't care if you fight outside. They don't care if you get killed because you use drugs. They don't care, uh, you know, they don't care. They just want to have a fighter. I want to have a, a good human being first in order to teach him how to defend. And uh, that's my advice. Look anywhere that teach you philosophy and good manners, and then the fighting stops. That's my advice. Well, you're right here, man. Everyone listening, that's what's up. Like, that's what his advice is. Find the philosophy. It's come from someone that came from a place that very dangerous. Find a philosophy, find a place that you can trust. All right. Hey, man, I really want to appreciate you and thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us um thank you thank you a lot uh stay wrap up and that's it that's a wrap everyone thank you very much i hope you tolerate my pajamas it was like the middle of the night while i record all this please subscribe to the show if you like what you heard if you want to be on the show if you were a college Campbell practitioner and if you want to share your story just Send me a message on Facebook, here on YouTube, wherever you found this. And I'll be more than happy to share your story with the rest of the world. Thank you very much, and please subscribe. I'll catch you all later. Peace.